You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. But you know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. What if you could pay off all your credit card debt, a home equity line of credit and knock eight years off of your loan? It sounds too good to be true, but save with Conrad can do it for you. Seriously, that's an actual story from someone who listens to this podcast just like you. If you have a home equity line of credit, if you're in a 30-year loan, or you've got credit card debt, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It's a matter of how much. Just ask Selby in North Carolina. We hooked them up. They left us a five-star review and had this to say. Jimmy and Jennifer were great to work with. We knocked eight years off our mortgage and paid off our home equity loan and credit cards. Would recommend them to everyone. And right now, we can help more families than ever before. We're licensed in more than 40 states. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. Seriously, the worst case scenario is you spend 10 minutes and we give you the peace of mind that you've got the best deal for your family. That's what my family wants to do for you right now over at SaveWithConrad.com. But what if we could knock eight years off your loan? Think about that. You know to the penny what your house payment is. Now multiply it by 12 payments a year times eight years. That's our gargantuan sum of money. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. That's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Find out how you can do it right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn. And of course, we couldn't do it without the master of ceremonies, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the Hall of Famer himself. He created the damn Spinebuster, mind you. He is the enforcer. He is Double A. He is Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? Well, I don't need to say anything after that introduction, but I am <laughs> fantastic. I'm glad to hear it, man. I'm uh, I'm pumped to be doing this show with you today. I love where we put our fans in control every other week. And this is no different. It's hashtag ask Arn anything. we got a ton of questions. If you'd like to ask a question, just follow us on Twitter. It's at the Arn show. Don't forget to use that hashtag ask Arn, uh, and we'll be able to get going. Let's jump right into it. 
Double A, what's the f- your favorite venue you've ever had a match in or hung out in in your career or your time off in Greensville, South Carolina, Atlanta? Where does Arn like to hang when he's looking for a good time in an arena? Oh, gosh. Good time in an arena. Um uh, I'm not sure I understand what he's looking for in that question. I think he means in terms of some venue, some venues are a bitch to get in and out of, and some are a little easier. Once upon a time, maybe you were able to hang back and, and have some fun using that venue, whatever that may be drinking with the boys, whatever. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. You know what? Let me, let me make, this was an easy, that's an easy one. Once I think about it and I hope this is what you're looking for. When we did the uh, spring break shows at Panama City, there you go, man. It was the it was the most fun that you could possibly have being at work, which I've never looked at. You know, uh, actually, well, I, I take that back. Very few times have I ever hated going to work. There have been a few times to where it got to the point where it was a job. A few times, no names mentioned. Most times, with my job. You enjoy every day going to work because you get to be creative. You get to have fun. You get to, you know, be around a lot of cool guys and girls. And it's just, uh, but when you get spring break with the energy of all those kids at Panama city that are down there and you got a, a show going on around a swimming pool and, uh, just, just the whole thing the, you know, the weather's nice. It, it's just, uh, such a positive deal. And backstage was you know, we were having fun. The, the kids were out of their mind. And, and uh, you know, once your job was done, yeah, you could have a few beers and and just uh, soak up, you know, what a great day you had today. And uh, that was probably the number one place as far as just having fun at work. Here's another one here from, uh, <laughs> I love when we get these questions. Andrew wants to know, to my favorite horseman, you claim to be a Brock grill master. Do you use a certain kind like Johnsonville or do you have a preference on flavor? Do you grill peppers, onions, and sauerkraut with it? I'm going to give you the, uh, keys to the kingdom. Andrew Andrew's correct, right? Yep. Okay. Johnsonville brats. They come out with uh, some around springtime that are limited supply that are the spicy. I know Conrad knows what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I love it. Spicy is the way to go. And sweet. So I kind of like both. Depends on, you know, what the mood is. I uh, get a little bit of Dale sauce. Oh, look at you. That's some Alabama stuff there. Tim Horner turned me on to that probably 35 years ago when I was eating at his house. I get some honey. Oh, shit. And I get some uh, barbecue sauce and I mix all that up, turn it into a glaze. I have my one of the secrets of grilling guys is have a squirt bottle full of water yep. to keep your meat moist and flop them out there on the grill. And keep them coated down with that barbecue sauce, honey, and Dale sauce. And in about 15 minutes, you have got something really, really good. 
get some onion buns, chop up some onions, get a little uh, hot mustard, and you're a kicking ass. I got to tell you, if this was uh, Tony Schiavone's podcast, I'd have cut you off three times to laugh, but I'll let you roll there. But phrasing, my friends. Next up, we got Grant Cameron. He says, uh, does Arn think Brad Armstrong could have been a member of the four horsemen? Just thinking about him turning on his family, saying the horsemen are his family. Now that could have been a money angle in my opinion. And Lord knows that fella could work. Grant Cameron. I wish I had, that's a cool name, ain't it? It is. Sounds like a wrestler. That's I wish I'd have stole that years and years ago. Ah, I did. Okay. Brad Armstrong, as most people know, are in my top five of, uh, workers of all time. And I don't know where he fits, but he's in that elite top five. Uh, I don't think he would have fit as a horseman because Brad was a pure baby face. He had baby face skills. He was a nice sweetheart of a guy and funny guy. He had all those positive attributes. I don't think he would have fit as a horseman, but I think Brad, if he could have ever got over that hump of just being himself and not his dad was so heavily impactful in his life. I think Brad always tried to emulate Bob and there's only one bullet Bob Armstrong with his promos and, and, and that type stuff. If Brad could have ever got out of his own way and just been himself, my God, could he work? And uh, he was a great friend of mine. I love Brad. I had the opportunity to spend some time with Brad and uh, when I was in Pensacola and different times throughout our career. He's, uh, I just love the guy. And uh, I just don't think he would have made a, a good horseman. Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but eventually we all have to give it up. Because you realize it's full of sugar and junk we probably shouldn't be eating. And if you're trying to cut down on carbs or sugar or unhealthy food, you're going to realize, I don't think I can eat anything anymore. What about this? Zero grams of sugar, 13 or 14 grams of protein, and only four net carbs in each serving. This can't be cereal, right? No, it's Magic Spoon. And Magic Spoon only has 140 calories a serving. Here's the deal. It's keto-friendly, it's gluten-free, it's grain-free, it's soy-free, it's low-carb, and GMO-free. I've got exciting news. Magic Spoon will be releasing two new amazing flavors just this month for a limited time only. We're talking about cookies and cream and maple waffle. And if that isn't the most comforting, indulgent combination, I don't know what is. This is the ultimate treat-yourself combo. So be sure to get some while you can. This is only available for a limited time. You can build your own box. The available flavors are there for you to build your own custom bundle. You can get cocoa or fruity or frosted or peanut butter, even cinnamon. And if you're listening from Canada, how about this? Magic Spoon now ships there as well. If you're mixing cocoa and peanut butter, boy, it tastes just like a, as uh, Dave Silva would say, peanut butter cup. It tastes exactly like regular cereal from your childhood, but it's super nutritious. It's delicious, but it's a super healthy cereal that really brings joy to your mornings or afternoons or evenings or whatever. And here's the deal, man. You can get a great deal right now by going to magicspoon.com forward slash Arn and grab the new limited edition cookies and cream, maple waffle, or even a custom bundle of cereal to try it today. And be sure to use our promo code Arn at checkout to save $5 off your order. Now the offer is good anywhere in the U S or Canada. 
but only when you use our special code at checkout. By the way, Magic Spoon is so confident in their products, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, to get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal, spoon.com forward slash ARN and use the promo code ARN to get $5 off. And we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring this podcast. Brian says Foley was great with Sean and Austin, but was Hogan ever discussed with him? Um, Cactus Jack and Hulk Hogan could have been fun. Yeah, I think it could have been fun. You know, Jack would have fell out of the ceiling and done everything humanly possible to for Hogan. I know that. I don't know if Hogan would have looked at him as a stylistically a good matchup. Don't know. That would be one you would have to ask them, but I think Jack had an art of just uh, beating himself to death, and it didn't really matter who the opponent was. He just looked good, and it was Jack creaming himself. So who knows? Maybe, yeah. Uh, Here's one from uh, Roger. He says, you have to take a weapon shot. You can decide where and from whom, but would you rather take a shot from a kendo stick, a steel chair, or a guitar? Um, guitars, you never know how they're going to break. They could cut you steel chairs are exactly what they claim to be folks. There is no magic in getting hit with a steel chair. It is a hundred percent steel has ridges. It's not completely flat and it hurts like hell. Uh, kendo stick is probably one of those that just piss you off and sting you more than they hurt you. I'll go with the kendo stick. <laughs> um, here's one from, uh, Francis Reyes. Was there a person in charge of coming up with all the epic entrances for WrestleMania or was that on the talent to pitch ideas? Well, I think the talent, uh, had a lot of ideas. Some were doable, some weren't. I'm sure Kevin Dunn played a big role in in getting things done and timed out and and some of the special effects. Like you said, if somebody called the house and said, hey, uh, Arn, I I want you to come out in a tank at WrestleMania, uh, take care of some of the legwork on that, would you? Yeah, that's tough. Who do you call? Right. General, General Patton? Right. I mean, what the hell? You know, I don't know who you would call for that, but, uh, you know, I think it's probably something that is months and months in the making and the planning. It would have to be because there's some spectacular. I know Hunter has a huge, uh, input into his entrances, which are always something to behold at WrestleMania. A lot of guys put, you know, Cena, a lot of guys put a lot of emphasis on their entrances. Some guys would rather have, to be honest with you, would rather have the wrestling time than some type of spectacular, uh, entrance, but it just depends on who the talent is. Boy, this is a deep cut inside baseball here. Uh, Noel wants to know when Charles Robinson left you stranded on the side of the road and you refused to speak to him for over a year, were you legit hot at him the entire time? Or are you just working him? It hurt my feelings after I got pissed. Tell the story. Cause a lot of our listeners don't know this story. If you know, if you go from uh, Memphis to Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, 
there's a stretch of about 70 or 80 miles and I, I can't be exact. You might know better than me, but it's nothing, but it's, it's two lane or four lane road, two, two lanes down, two lanes back, but there's no towns. There's no lights. There ain't shit. There ain't an exit. Once you get on that stretch, you've driven that I'm sure. Right. Yeah. At least a couple times. Well, we were about 30 miles or so, uh, end of the trip coming back. And it was, it was late at night. The show was after a show and, uh, we had, uh, uh, this was before cell phones and all that stuff that you had. Just everybody had something, uh, or they had just came out or, or something. There was, yeah. Okay. I think it was when we had the flip phones and right. stuff like that. Right. And, and there was no flashlight on it and we didn't have flashlights in our bag and all of that stuff. And it was dark as shit. And I think we had a flat tire and, uh, thank God we had the flip phone. I knew Charles was leaving right ahead of us cause we were getting in the car at the same time. So we made a store stop knowing there was nothing between there and there. I think we got some beers and I forget who was riding with me. Um, but I knew that Charles and them couldn't be too far ahead of us. Uh, and we had a flat tire and I pull off the road and it is jet black and nobody's got any means of any light. We can't see shit. There's no lights anywhere. So I call Charles and I go, Hey, hey where you at? And he said, oh, we're, you know, we're driving back to Memphis. And as it turns out, he was only about 20 miles up the road or something like that. And he was riding with another one of the referees, Billy Silverman. Well, I guess I said, Charles, I need you to come back. I'll change the tire, but I need to use your headlights to be able to see what I'm doing. I don't even know. You know, it's one of those deals where I think the spare tire was even underneath the vehicle. It wasn't in the trunk. Right. Everything that was negative that could be negative, jet black, all that stuff. No cars are going to stop for you that came by. And it was like a Sunday night. I know that. So there wasn't that much traffic on that road anyway. We're just sitting there stranded. Well, come to find out, he goes, well, it's Billy's car and, uh, he don't want to double back because he said it'll be, you know, 25 miles back. And then we got to come back another 25 miles just to get where we are now. So he wants me to drop him off at the hotel in Memphis. And then I could come back and get you. Well, you tell me Conrad Thompson. Yeah. On the priority list. How would that grab you how did, how did you guys patch things up did you just enough time went by and you got over it or did he have to uh like, I, I, I was well uh, we uh uh silverman went to wrestler's court i believe oh so he had to buy several cases of beer for the guys coming up um yeah, I was mad at him for a long time because it hurt my feelings because that's one of those deals where you just go, hey, Billy, one of the boys, you know, are stranded back there in the dark on the side of the road. They need us. 
And you're telling me that you won't double back 20, 25 miles, 30 miles, whatever it was. Not just one of the boys, but at that time, your friend for decades. Me and him were, Charles were great friends at that time, you know? And uh, it, then once after the, the rage, I got over the rage, then it hurt my feelings. Right. You know, I would have made that happen short of it being Haku driving and going, fuck him which is, would be a legitimate excuse if he didn't want to come back. Yeah. I would say anything else would be unacceptable though. You we're all we got out on this road. It's an old rule of thumb, right? You know, you want to find out, you know, how many friends you got, how four wrestlers, how four wrestlers broke down on the side of the road, standing outside the car, see who stops nobody. So it was, yeah, it was a, it was a heated year. I didn't know it went on for a year, but yeah, I was, it was legitimate. I was pissed. This episode is sponsored by blue chew guys. It's been a hell of a year. Now, personally, I feel like I've aged 12 years over the last 12 months. And if you're like me, you're feeling your age more than you used to, maybe especially in the bedroom. It's time to snap out of it. Spring is here and it's time to get sprung with blue chew. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder and stronger erections to combat all forms of ED. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. Bluechew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problems here. Bluechew's sildenafil and tadalafil tablets are chewable. Bluechew's tablets are made in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and safety information. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Try bluechew free when you use our promo code ARN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. Our promo code is ARN to receive your first month free. And we thank bluechew for sponsoring the podcast. Grimlocks says, was Jim Crockett promotions in good hand, good hands when senior son-in-law John Ringley was in charge. I don't think you ever worked with him. Did you ever meet him? No, it's before my time. I don't know anything about their bookkeeping or anything that went on during that time. I really don't. It was before I got there way before I got there. Uh, Ogre wants to know what vitamins does JJ Dillon take? I don't know, but I wish I could get a hold of some cause he ain't aged today. He was just on the AEW show and he looked exactly the same. Uh, Jeff Williams says in September of 87, the observer reported that JCP was taking the weekend off for a company vacation in San Martin, which he assumes is St. Martin. I'm trying to envision that crazy scene. Does Arn have any stories from that era? Believe it or not. I did not go. How does that come to be? Does Jimmy just tell everybody, Hey guys, let's go blow off some steam. Uh, yeah. I- did they run a show down there? And I, again, that's one of those things I can't remember. It, I don't remember if there was a show, if it was just strictly a paid vacation. It's it's written in the observer. 
for the NWA section. Both this group and the UWF will be dark for the week as all the contracted employees are headed for a vacation in San Martin from September 14th to September 19th or 17th rather. Uh, and they'll return with big shows in Pittsburgh, Kansas city, Charlotte, and Chicago. So it feels like it was just a real vacation. And I think what happened was my, I think my mother-in-law got sick. She had some issues with diabetes. I see. I, I believe which just, we needed to go there more than we need to go to San Martin. Uh, but I, I've heard it's a beautiful place and I, everybody had a blast. I think you had the option on whether you could go or take the days off. Some guys went, some guys took the days off. Uh, I think we went to Pensacola to, to take care of Aaron's mom. Uh, Scott price wants to know, did you ever eat fish and chips while in the UK? If not, what was your go-to food? Outstanding. Fish and chips in the UK are outstanding. They really are. Um, we would usually eat, uh, either at the hotel or food on the bus, which was just usually sandwiches. But we did have, you know, sometimes you get to the arena and they would, in certain countries, they would feature the food of the country and fish and chips. It was excellent, you know, crunchy, but not greasy was the key. And I think it was just fried cod, but it was just the way it was prepared. You know, it was prepared. Well, it's good. Uh, Alan says, does Arn have any memories, uh, to share of the late Ivan Koloff? Yeah. One of the nicest men that I've ever met a gentleman in every way, just a very kind professional gentleman. And, uh, uncle Ivan, was, uh, you know, beloved by everybody. He was one of those veterans that commanded respect and, uh, he didn't have to demand it. And he was, a, he was a machine in that ring too, buddy. Go back and watch his matches. He never stopped. We've, we've spent a lot of time watching him in 1986 with Tony Schiavone this year, but I feel like it, it sort of gets forgotten that Bruno San Martino was the WWWF champion for 2,803 days process. How long that is 2,803 days. And Ivan Koloff beat him in Madison square garden. And it was a fucking riot. Now he was, I guess what you would call uh, a temporary champion, a placeholder, whatever. Uh, he's only the champ for three weeks before he loses it to Pedro Morales, but still what a feather in the cap to be the guy to take down Thor of wrestling, Bruno San Martino, 2,803 days. And that by the way, was in 71. So what 15 years before we see what he's doing with Jim Crockett promotions. And yet, despite all of that, he's not in the WWF hall of fame. I don't understand that. That does boggle the mind. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. Bruno was one of the pillars of this whole company. And this is the guy who beat him. And by the way, he had tremendous other acts before, during, and after, but then the whole Russian thing, it's like, man, just on those two things alone, he's got to go in. And now of course he's passed away and, and I guess he could go in posthumously, but what a nice thing it would have been if, if we would have been able to get him in there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That'll be one of those that. God, I don't think anybody will be able to put on a, uh, uh, an argument that could justify him not being in there. Yeah, totally. That sucks. Uh, Matthew says after your career ending injury and getting older, what's your workout regimen like these days? 
just, uh, you know, I try to go, you know, five, six days a week. Uh, I go for about an hour and it's one body part and I just use machines, you know, never been a body guy. never had my genetics suck, you know, it wouldn't take anything to, to just be a total tub of shit. Uh, I've always had to work at it. I've uh, always had a bad metabolism, very slow. Um, and just not really great genetics, to be honest with you. Uh, but I, I figured out a workout that if you can go and train fast, I, main thing is I just want to get the sweat and get the heart rate up and do about 20, 25 sets per body part. Uh, and again, people are going to look at, look at this and go, well, shit, I don't even know he worked out. He doesn't look like he does. I go pretty regular and pretty religiously, uh, just can't handle free weights because of the, uh, distinction between the strength in my left hand and my right hand are markedly different. So to try to use free weights is no good. I just use machines and, uh, just enjoy getting that sweat. Uh, big Johnny Doe says, have you ever been a victim of a boring chant during a match? And these days, what are wrestlers told to do if they hear it during their match? Uh, I sure I have. I'm sure I have. Uh, I know what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get up and give them something to, uh, wet their beak on. I go the other way. I grab a hold. I sit in it until the chance stop. They don't control me. I control the match. It's my baby. I'm running the show here. They're not. So most times it's just to be assholes because most wrestling fans, you know, they want to have a good time. They don't want to, you know, the second, you know, you come to the ring, it's usually you do one thing and they're already chanting, boring because they want to see something else on the card. Right. Not, not because what's going on in the ring is not any good or doesn't fit or is a lousy story, anything like that. They just want you to somehow magically skip to the main event or whatever they paid to see and forget all the other stuff. That's not the way it works. And, uh, I just ignore it. Interesting one here that we've never really talked about. Roddy Garcia says that you ever run across a talent who was supposed to do the favor for you, but didn't want to, what was the outcome of that conversation? And how would you handle the talent after the fact? Um, I'm sure I had a lot of those, um, but no one ever vocalized it. It wasn't one of those things because it, you know, in those days, it wasn't what I wanted to do or what they wanted to do. It's what the office wanted. And it came down from a much higher power as to what was going to go on in that ring. And if you wanted to not do it, you had the option to talk to the booker slash owner slash whoever was in charge. And uh, they would make a decision on, on what your reasoning was for not wanting to, and if it was not justified, they would reiterate what the office wanted. And then if you didn't want to do it, depending on how you were positioned or where you were positioned, you could lose your job that day. Could be that severe. 
Hey, it's Conrad Thompson. I know what you're thinking. This guy has another podcast. Listen, I get it, but let me explain. For years, I've been asked if you could have a podcast with anyone in wrestling today, who would it be? And I've been consistent that one of those names was Jeff Jarrett. Now hear me out here. Jeff Jarrett is a third generation promoter. He grew up in the Memphis territory, broke into business in 86, won the intercontinental and walked out on Vince McMahon in 95. He jumped ship to start working with the horseman in 96 and then told the world what he really thought about Austin 316 in 98. He held up Vince McMahon for a ton of cash in 99 and jumped ship again to become world champion in 2000. And then on the final night of the Monday night war, the only ever raw nitro simulcast, he was publicly fired by Vince McMahon in 2001. So without a job in wrestling, he decides to embrace his family heritage as a promoter and create jobs himself and started his own promotion in 02. And then a former WCW employee who was on his team committed fraud that nearly bankrupted both him and his father. So he found an angel investor of sorts who wound up being indicted on one of the largest financial schemes in American history. With both of those guys facing prison time, he met with a public relations firm in Nashville to figure out how to save face only to find out the lady he was talking to had billionaire parents. And that's when things got really crazy. If Jeff Jarrett's life story were a movie script, nobody would believe it. Conrad, welcome to my world. Hear my story like you've never heard it before. Unfiltered and uncensored for the very first time. From Memphis to the WWF, WCW, TNA, and everywhere in between, nothing is off limits in my world. Subscribe today and don't miss My World with Jeff Jarrett, Tuesdays on Westwood One. Let's do one here from uh, Roddy Garcia. He says, if you don't mind, what was your biggest payoff you received in JCP and what was the setting? I don't think he means the dollar amount. I think he just means the event. Um, it would have been, it would have been that payoff for that pay-per-view that I only got half. It was still the biggest, still the biggest, Okay. still the biggest. Um, yeah, that's a lesson in mismanaging expectations. Is it not? Yeah. Yeah. No joke. Next up. uh, Go ahead. Clarify, clarify, mismanaging expectations. Well, I'm just saying, you know, I don't remember the exact number, but let's say he told you you were going to get $25,000. And you're expecting $25,000. So when you get 12, five, you're disappointed. But if he hadn't said you're going to get $25,000 and you just got your check and it was 12, five, you'd be tickled in the way we laid out the first example. You're saying, God damn, it's half of what I was expecting. This fucking sucks. I'm going to quit. I'm out of here. Had that not ever happened where he sort of planted the seed of, Hey, you can expect 25,000. I think you would have gotten your check and been like, holy shit, this is the biggest payoff of my career. I sure am glad I work here, but because he laid the seed of 25 grand. Now it's like, fuck that. This guy screwed me around, but you didn't have an expectation that it was going to be 25 in the first place until he said it. You have never been writer in your life. <laughs> I would, I would, I'd have been a hundred percent thrilled. And it was not based on not getting that, that I quit. There were a lot of other things surrounding sure. 
that was just kind of like one of the bigger things. Because you're right, it would have still been the biggest payoff in the business. I would have been, I'm so lucky to be here. I'm very thankful for that money. There was never any check that I got, whether it be for a week's work or a show or whatever, that I haven't been very thankful for because I love this business. You know, I won't say I would do it for free because that's economically ridiculous. Nobody would do this for free, but man, I sure love it. And, uh, yeah, I would have been, I would have been just fine with what I got it being half of what it, you know, he said he was going to give me. Alan Jackson. We love his music says, yo, Arn, what are your thoughts on WrestleMania 20? What was the reaction backstage after the main event and the final sequence with Benoit and Guerrero? Of course, let's just pause for a minute. What happened with Benoit? Uh, but you were with those guys in WCW as they're both sort of coming up the ranks and feels like they're not getting any traction. They started to be more vocal backstage. Eventually Benoit does become the world champion over there, but it's too little too late because of the whole Kevin Sullivan thing. We'll talk about that another time. So they jump ship. And then when you come over with, uh, the rest of the WCW crew and you're working in a backstage capacity, now the former, I believe Kevin Nash called them vanilla midgets, uh, have the two biggest titles in all of wrestling. It was kind of a, uh, a quote unquote, smart Mark dream. If you were a fan of, you know, the, the bell to bell action, you really appreciated the quote unquote, good hands, perhaps no two better, but you'd been around a long time. What was your reaction saying? These are our champions. Uh, knowing what they went through and the dues that they paid to overcome how tall is that guy? Was that guy way? All those condescending comments that I'm sure that, that they received, you know, from people that were just ignorant. Uh, I guarantee you once the bell rang five minutes in, nobody asked how tall they were for them to have that moment together in the ring as both as champions had to be something, especially because they were such good friends and they had such a history together. It had to be probably the most special moment other than their children being born. I would imagine in their lives. It's the only thing I could imagine. And, uh, I know I was crying. I know Dean was crying. I know some people that knew what they were looking at backstage were crying and it was just one of those special moments that, uh, uh, come along very rarely. And we were all very touched by it. Thought it was one of the better moments. And, in my, my history of being in the business, that's for sure. Four horsemen for life. That's a handle says, Hey, Arn, just caught an old favorite song that made me think how it must've been applied to you guys too. turn the page, Bob Seger. Have you ever thought about the comparison? That's one of the famous road songs, right? Are there any others you can think of Arn? It's the thing. It's our theme music. Yeah. It is so spot on to our life. Every, every syllable in that song is our life. And, uh, it's our theme. It's a wrestler's theme. Uh, that one really hits home. Um, and you know, wrestlers like all different kinds of music, but I think even for the guys who didn't know who Bob Seger was for some reason, they're too young or whatever. If you went back and said, okay, get it quiet in here. And I just want you to listen to the words of this song. I think it would touch any and everybody that ever made a road trip. I, uh, I thought about using that song 
for our tribute song. I wouldn't probably use the Bob Seger version. I would have used a different version, but someone covering Seger's version, uh, for our Jim Crockett video. But instead I went with the highway men's rendition of, um, against the wind, another Bob Seger song. Did you see that video? I think I sent that one to you, the Jim Crockett music video we did for the end of, uh, part two of our interview. I haven't gotten to two or three yet. Remember I told you I heard one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just, for a number of reasons, I just, uh, I haven't seen it yet. I will. And we'll I, get I thought back I, to you. I thought I sent you a clip. I'll send you a clip of just the music video. I think you'll dig it. Let's talk about okay. uh, Mike Jackson. Alan says, what does Arn think is the secret of Mike Jackson's longevity in wrestling? He's still wrestling past 70 and he still looks good at the same time. How does he do it? And he can still wrestle. He still drop kick, still leapfrog, still do all those things. God blessed him with, uh, uh, injury. I think injury free. I'm sure he's had some injuries, but right? mostly injury free. The big ones. I don't see any scars on his knees. I don't see any scar on his neck. Uh, Mike Jackson was a, has been around for God knows how many years he been in the business. 50, a long time had to be close to that. Just God blessed him with, uh, with a lot of tools and he's a level headed guy and he's a hustler. He gets out there and, and, uh, I think he has wrestled consistently the entire time that he's been in the business. And that's a key too. Cause once you quit, the longer you're out, man, your body just, it starts softening up and, uh, you know, you're not as flexible as you were and your, your body's just not able to take that beating anymore. But if you stay after it, Rick and Robert still wrestle every weekend. It's incredible. Mike Jackson, I bet you wrestles every weekend or just about, he's just one of those rare guys that God gave a gift of longevity and, uh, he loves the business and it couldn't happen to a, to a better guy. I just did some quick research. He first, uh, had an introduction into the business in late 70 as a referee. So as you and I are talking here, uh, he's in year 51. Wow. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah, it is. It's your weekly reminder to make sure that you are taking advantage of all things Conrad over at adfreeshows.com. The content library is phenomenal with so many options that cater to you, the wrestling fan. Whether you enjoy hearing your favorite podcasts ad-free or watching them on your smart device, maybe you're interested in MMA or just enjoy the wrestling nostalgia. I guarantee there is something for you. The interactive experiences alone are worth every penny. From Nick Aldis and Thunder Rosa to legends like Nikita Koloff, Arn Anderson, and Jim Ross. They have all been a part of our live interactive events where you get to talk to them and ask the questions that are on your mind. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to adfreeshows.com and choose the right tier for you. So much value and a wide selection that is free as well. That's right, free content you can start enjoying today. So do it now. Go to adfreeshows.com and sign up today and join the fastest growing wrestling community. Again, it's adfreeshows.com. Uh, I'm the dude, man. Says, hey, Conrad, I love your work on hashtag Ask Arn. It's some of the best content on the web today. Well, thank you for that, dude, man. 
With that said, my question for Arn is who has the best chops in wrestling today? The best promo chops, like slap oh, on the chest, chop chops. Yeah. Not acting chops. Right. Oh, oh God. Who is a, who's a big chopper these days? Give me some names. You know, I mean, big show is a guy who developed a reputation for just lighting dudes up. Uh, but I think, you know, chops have probably become less of a big deal in more recent years than maybe they were in years prior. And it almost feels like when it's used now, it's just so you can get the crowd to react and go, woo, I guess that's pre COVID, uh, because now there's a noise associated with the move. I know historically we would hear Benoit would just cut right through you. And Wahoo had those big, thick sausage fingers. I think Rick used to call them. He would just tear your ass up. Haku. Oh, there you go. Heavy. Haku had these real thick hands and he would hit you. And it was like, it's like getting hit with a brick. Not kidding you. Brian Pillman would hit you with a chop, but his were overhand chops. And he had these little stubby hands. <laughs> And fingers and it stung. Oh Jesus! I mean, it stung like hell. Uh, I've cussed him out more times in the ring than I can remember. Don't ever chop me again. Of course, next match he would chop me again. Uh, that's some of the guys that had really heavy chops. You know, Rick had a real so like a knife edge chop. It would, it would pop it would make a lot of noise and it wasn't a thud but it would sting big time sting you uh his was different wahoos was really heavy too big big heavy hands uh, mr perfect fan canada uh, says we hear a lot about guys carrying blades in their mouths tape etc did anyone ever almost swallow one or cut up the inside of their mouth any stories of people getting cut by accident using that way? Those were real old timers that did that before me. I think I never knew of anybody that would carry one in their mouth. I, I could see an episode of a guy that, cause you got to carry it in there. If you did the entire match or till you were ready to use it. Uh, I think you take a dick, forget, take a deep breath. That thing go down your throat about halfway. That could be a, Harry situation, I would imagine. Uh, I don't know of anybody of my generation that carried them in their mouth. I know Rick used to tape his to his fingers. That's the reason he would put all those little skinny pieces of tape on his finger. Tully would do his in his wrist tape. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I've always been fascinated by the different spots that guys would use that. And I guess some of the guys would occasionally have the referee slotted to them. Right. So that way they didn't have to have it on their person. Seeing that happens, you know, uh, that too. Yeah. That now you're putting your trust though. And somebody in the else and the referee. Right. I always bet on me. I don't bet on anybody else. Uh, Mike Jones says, uh, who, uh, which wrestler is least like their on-screen character least like their on-screen character buggy buggy one of them would be Kane. oh yeah of course he's not actually a demon from hell he is a 
Yeah, but and he's not Undertaker's real brother either. And when I told it was my son Brock, he got so mad, he he wanted to kill me. You know what's funny is um there was a guy who gave Bruce Pritchard a ride in a cab or an Uber once who swore that he was the Undertaker's brother. And he told him the story, not knowing who Bruce Pritchard was, right? But he told him the story of Kane and was trying to portray himself as Kane, but he wasn't actually Glenn Jacobs. Was he large enough to have been Glenn Jacobs? The best part of the whole deal is, uh, I know this sounds weird to say he was an African-American gentleman. So that would have made it even more complicated. I think that would have took some talent (laughs) (laughs) going from a pale redheaded fellow to an African-American fellow. Uh, yeah, that's weird. So yeah, Kane was not a demon from hell. So that's good. Uh, Tony Schiavone says boogie woogie was like, uh, Jimmy Valiant was nothing like his on-screen character. Um, I don't know about that. Uh, he was very quiet. I know that. Okay. Uh, you know, the guy sitting in the locker room was pretty quiet. The other guy's wide open. Right. Let's see who else, who else, who else, who else? Well, we know Ric Flair is most like his on-screen character. Yeah. It might be easier to just name the guys that are, that's who they are. Steve Austin. That's who he is. Right. The rock. That's who he is. Right. Uh, you know, and especially guys that really got over, Jim, you know, Jim Cornette. That's who he is. Jim court that Jim Cornette is 100% who he is. He's authentic and legitimate. That's who he is. Um, oh, Tully Blanchard these days, Tully Blanchard was probably an asshole back then, but these days he's like the nicest guy ever. He has calmed way down from, from where he was. I think Tully being that guy being on all the time back in the day is was the key to his success because he had heat with everybody, you know, the boys, the fans, you name it, the office, but that was Tully. And that's why he drew so much money. I think Abdul, the butcher (laughs) bruiser, Brody. Abdul is a different cat. Yeah. Um, bruiser Brody. I never, you believe it, believe this or not. I never had the uh, pleasure to meet Hmm. in person. Uh, Vader, Vader wasn't anything like his TV character. Nope. Leon would just, he would get angry about stuff and he would, you know, he would sometimes get frustrated, but he, most of the time he's just a big teddy bear to me. Right. Um, let's do another one here from Corey Illingworth. He says, quick question. We know you were an agent for John Cena's matches. And we know that his finisher was the attitude adjustment. Eventually it was just shortened to AA. Was that a nod at double a, or am I reading too much into it? Um, I don't know if John kind of, without ever telling me that was like a tribute. That's nice. I never even thought of it until he just said that, you know, and I never asked him and he never said, and there was a lot of things unsaid between John and I, I did everything I could to teach him everything I knew about the business and you know, and, and try to evolve in my thinking too, to fit him and help him along the way. Uh, you know, there was a mutual respect between John and I, I think for a very long time. Uh, of course he, he went a separate route and, uh, 
no ill will to him about that. But when he, you know, started doing more acting and he was gone a lot more, I, you know, and we come back, I wasn't a hundred percent, but still 95% of the time I had all of his matches, probably not the influence that I once had over him when he was younger. And, uh, you know, I would think for a long time, uh, Pretty much most of his career, I had about 95% of his of his matches. Just wanted to take a second to remind you of all the great shirts available at orangeshirts.com and all the Orange Show gimmicks over at boxagimmicks.com. Pick up an Orange Show track jacket, pick up a four horseman hoodie, get a cultured bulk shirt, or grab a poster of Dave Silva's cover art. Whatever you need to show off your love of the Orange Show. That's orangeshirts.com and boxagimmicks.com. Let's do another one here. This is from uh, Big Hefe. He says, Arn, what's your Waffle House order? Three pork chops, four egg whites, mushrooms and onions, hash browns, scattered and smothered. And if they're really busy, and I know it's going to be a little bit before we get our food, I always get a bowl of uh, vegetable beef soup. I didn't even know they had soup. All I knew they had is Burt's chili and I knew to stay away from it. They used to have, and I haven't ate there sometime. Not, you know, it's probably been a couple of years. They had vegetable beef soup and you could tell if they were packed, you weren't going to get your food right away. Probably got an idea to get a salad or, or some soup. Love waffle, love waffle house. Love it. Abe Froman says, is there a pet peeve in wrestling today? You wish athletes in the industry did away with, or just stop doing. Hmm. Yeah. Putting theirself in, uh, in mortal danger unnecessarily. <clears throat> I see these kids today do things that when your head is heading at a trajectory straight down and you can't control the bump that you're about to take. And it is solely on the guy getting you tucked or putting you a hundred percent in a safe position, but just a hair before you land and shaving it very close. All it's going to take is to be in a hot arena or outdoors and somebody be sweating and slip your grip, slip on somebody or something. And I just feel like we are heading for somebody getting crippled really bad. And it scares the shit out of me. And I just wish and you can't dial the business down or am I say, I'm not saying that we should go back to grabbing a headlock and work in 20 minutes it has already evolved to some high impact stuff. I just wish guys would be as as careful as they possibly could be with each other's bodies every step of the way. Cause I don't want to see one of these kids get hurt, get crippled or worse, just doing something because they think it's spectacular. That's a pet peeve of mine. Another follow-up from Mr. Froman. He says, 
Mr. Anderson, sir, who would you consider to be a wrestler's wrestler? That's a phrase we hear a lot. Can you define or give an example of a wrestler's wrestler? Yeah. AJ styles. Oh, okay. There you go. When the other talent look and admire him for his ability, that makes you a wrestler's wrestler. Alan Norris says I'm watching some classics from 87 and I caught you sporting yellow trunks and boots. It wasn't the classic double a gear. I grew up on how short lived was the yellow gear. I can tell in your voice that that pissed you off along with millions of other people. <laughs> so it worked a hundred percent. I didn't wear them very often. It wasn't necessary. Trust me. If, if an audience had to witness me and that get up, it would last for months. The heat I would get off of that. The man of the nineties says, does Arn have any tattoos? If so, what, if not, what's his opinion of them? No tattoos for me. Uh, was not my gig. I understand why a lot of people get them and the boys. And if you look at, you know, the content of, of what they have, it, it has a special meaning to them. It's a sentimental meaning, you know, uh, some just get it because I'm sure they think that it's attractive. They like the look, uh, but a lot of people in our business, it's their children's names. It's pictures of different things, their family and things that mean something to them phrases, you know? And I think if you want to tell that story that way, it's awesome. Um, here's one from Wesley Beckner, a little fantasy booking who, in your opinion, would win a shoot match between a prime Ron Simmons and Brock Lesnar. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't bet against Simmons with anybody really. Right. But, it, but Lesnar is just so skilled. Uh, he's just one of those rare and he's so big and he's so strong and he has that rest of that amateur wrestling ability, you know, that would be a coin flip and I'm being very, very honest. Who knows, you know, Simmons in his prime. I noticed nobody, nobody gave him too much shit. That's for sure. Bart wants to know, does the kayfabe handshake still exist backstage before shows? It does, but I'm not sure everybody knows what it means. Uh, it does have a meaning for me and it may have different meanings for different guys. Uh, what it means to me is, and even though I saw you yesterday, if I come in contact with you today, it's a different day, different town. You walk in the locker room. I'm in the locker room. I will shake your hand. Now this is the wrestler Arn Anderson. Okay. Uh, back in the day. And it would be, even though I wrestled you yesterday, today's a different day. And I just want to assure you that I am going to return you to your family in one piece, the way I found you uninjured to where you can make a living, provide for your family and continue living your dream. That's what the handshake means to me. May mean different things to different guys. It's a greeting for we're like a gypsy cult, to be honest with you. And it's like a inside thing that we will all protect each other and look after each other and take care of each other and send each other home as healthy as we found each other. 
We have lots of questions about food every week. Uh, this fellow wants to know what's your favorite restaurant in the entire state of North Carolina. Nakato Japanese steakhouse, Pineville, North Carolina, which is about 15 minutes from my house. How often do you go to that Japanese steakhouse? Probably three to four times a year. Special occasion Jones. Food is incredible. There's something with the noodles. I mean, they cook everything obviously on the grill, but they have the noodles and I don't know what they're marinated in or what the secret is, but they're tremendous. Uh, I always get the filet and lobster. It's incredible. At those type places, the damn soup and the salad is even spectacular. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just shrimp tempura, all of it. It's just, it's phenomenal. I would say that's far and away our number one over the years. We've been going there since they've been open. It's probably been 25 years. The Matrix Awaits says if Magnum had not had the unfortunate accident and Flair would have dropped the belt to him at Starcade, how would you see a Horseman versus Rhodes Magnum program of evolving, especially with War Games the next summer? Oh, it'd been incredible. Magnum would have been a huge star. I have no doubt. He had everything that 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 you need to be a superstar, and uh, him having a run as champion and Dusty and say add the Road Warriors in there or whoever it may be. With them holding the world championship would have been, you know, it would have given us certainly some ammo to do some pretty serious promos, having to recapture that title for the Horseman Camp. That's for sure. It would have made easy promo material. Trevor Owens wants to know, is there anyone that Arn owes an apology to? Uh, probably my wife for talking her into marrying me. I would imagine. I thought you were going to say the fans for making you sit through that renegade match or something like that. I was hoping I was going to get a rim shot there. Ah, <laughs> but here's so you're, you were setting me up. I, I thought it was a layup. Like, boy, I, I really need to apologize to those folks in so-and-so town. I had the worst gas in that match. I thought there'd be a, some sort of punchline. Hey, that's a fun question. <laughs> I've talked to Rick before about, uh, well, you know, he got a little older and he had an accident here, there. And, uh, he told me that maybe his most famous moment like that, he's wrestling steamboat, wearing pink tights, takes a big body slam, filled the pink tights and everybody in the front free rows knew exactly what was happening. Steamboat said, let's go home. And he said, no, no, we're going Broadway. Finish the match with a load in his drawers. Did you ever have an unfortunate situation where you, uh, evacuated too early? We'd have went home, whether he wanted to or not. I'm holding you down. You motherfucker. We'll find out how tough you are. If you really are the world champion, cause we're fixing to have a title switch. <laughs> what about you? You ever have a situation like that? How do you avoid that? If you know you're sick, I mean, when nature calls, I mean, Jim Ross even says on, on our podcast, grilling JR here on Thursdays. That when he has a marathon voiceover session, like he's calling a match and, or a pay-per-view and it's four hours nonstop and you can't get up and go quote, wear darks. So, you know, he takes his wet attire home, takes a shower, does the laundry, has some chocolate cake and goes to bed. 
Well, number one, you would, if you were sick, you're probably going to be sick during the day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't eat nothing. Get everything out of your stomach. So you go to the ring with an empty stomach and you wear black tights and black under tights. I just hope for the best. And if you feel like you're getting that cramping in your stomach, guess what? Prepare for just prepare for having to go home in five minutes. Right. And you already know how you're going to get there. So it's just not a total cluster and have a plan B and you just get in there and uh, they get the short version of you that night. That's probably better than them having to sit there and watch uh, (laughs) (laughs) the Hershey squirts engulf the middle of the ring in a semicircle. Can you imagine like he goes to the top rope and you're going to do that old silly. Oh, he can't make it. I'm going to power slam him off the top and he splats and it just splatters like, dude, what the fuck are we doing? What we, we got to make better choices in our life. Why are we on this subject? I agree. Skateboard wants to know what year do you believe was your best tan year? Uh, NXT referee Drake thinks it's 91. He used to text me about that all the time. Hey, what's the secret to getting that Arn Anderson 91 level tan? Uh, what do you think your best tan year was? Having a, well, it could have been, it could have been then there. Yeah. Well, it's having enough days off that you can get to the tanning bed. You know, you could keep a hell of a tan once you get a base in about three days a week. And then mix in that real sun every chance you get because, man, it will kick that tanning bed in the ass. And uh, could have been around 91 because we weren't working a lot of house shows then. There's Drake calling for tanning tips right now. <laughs> My God, that, they're, they're blowing the phone up. Hey, it's ask Arn like by, by social media, not like in real life, guys, calm down. Uh, Vincent Greco says double a it's been said that Larry, the ax hitting and crusher Blackwell were sent out to educate the then green road warriors in the AWA because they were hurting the enhancement talent after the match, supposedly LOD apologized to the entire locker room and all was well. Have you heard this story before? Nope. <clears throat> that was something that stayed internal. I don't believe you would have got Joe or animal to admit that later in life that they apologize to the entire locker room. Uh, Larry, the hitting tough man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about Mr. Black, but Blackwell. Yeah. Crusher Blackwell. Crusher Blackwell. I don't, I don't know uh, about him. I don't know enough about him, but you're kind of rolling the dice. If you do that, you better be confident in your own abilities, but I agree with him. You don't take advantage of enhancement talent who are there to make you look good and put you in a position to draw money. They got to go back to their regular job. It's a bullshit deal. If you take liberties with people, that are there to enhance you and they're just doing a job. Don't take advantage of that. It's bullshit. Uh, Matt Guerrero wants to know, has Arn's wife or sons ever seen him wrestle? Yeah, my oldest boy has, and my wife has not, I mean, it wasn't like every match that Aaron would go to, if, if she would basically just be in the back chatting with the other wives, whoever was there or whoever she knew backstage, she wasn't much for just sitting down watching a match. Uh, if it was something important. Yeah. Uh, my youngest son, I don't never saw me wrestle in person that he can remember. I'm sure. Here's one that uh, we haven't talked about before. Paul Whitney says, what kind of heel do you think Magnum TA would have been had his career not been cut short? Um, eventually 
he would have made a good heel because, you know, it's kind of like the Roman Reigns thing. He's a handsome guy. Every girl in the building would have been sitting there batting their eyes at him. And if that's your wife or your girlfriend, you're going to be pissed. Magnum was really handsome guy, you know, good body, same thing. And I think he had the intensity to be a, a good heel, but he had such a long run ahead of him as a top baby face. That would have been way down the road. We'll do a couple more and then we'll wrap things up here. Jeff Parsons says I've been catching up on the major wrestling figures pod. And I believe they said they gave you one of your figures. Do you have a place to display your figures? Are they in totes or did I hear them wrong? And you don't have any. Thanks for all you've done in wrestling. Yeah, I have a, I have a very, not like the one you see behind Conrad, but about a third of that. I have a little display case that I have a, a few, like a, how my Muhammad Ali, uh, boxing gloves signed and some footballs with the, uh, super bowl guys and a couple of jerseys, a couple of baseballs signed by different people. And, uh, you know, some of the wrestling paraphernalia there, not much. I, I don't have a lot, but I have a few things that are important to me. Here's one that we haven't talked about before. Uh, Patrick Williams says did Arn have a hand in selecting his entrance music or was that done strictly by the company? Company, uh, the very last rendition of the one that was, <sighs> Yeah. And then you heard the clapping. Yeah. I think Dean Malenko had something to do with that because that was when he was a horseman. That was new music. Uh, but I left that to the production folks, you know, uh, they usually came up with something pretty decent. I think Jimmy Hart had a whole lot to do with ring music and developing it for different guys and making sure it fit and all that. Last one, Bill wants to know, could Barry Windham hold his own partying with the horseman? Any good Barry Windham party stories? Barry would drink us under the table. All of us. He could drink more and longer and steadier without ever you noticing him being shit faced. He would drink like, uh, you know, sometimes he'd be drinking beer, but sometimes he'd be drinking, uh, I don't know, shit vodka and, and, and seltzer or something, something, some kind of clean drink. And he would just kind of sip on it. And, and whether it was a 300 mile trip or we were sitting in the hotel bar till they threw us out at, you know, two 30 in the morning, whatever, he would just sip it along, but constantly have a drink in front of him. And, uh, yeah, he was a veteran. That's for sure. Well, and hopefully you're a veteran now and ask Arn anything. We'll be back with this format again in two weeks. If you've got a question for us, just tweet us at the Arn show and be sure to use hashtag ask Arn. Uh, you can follow us there on Twitter to see what's coming up next. And what is coming up next is payback 2016. It happened on May 1st at the Rosemont horizon, uh, the famous all state arena in the main event. It's a no DQ match between Roman reigns and AJ styles. We've got a singles match for the women's title with Charlotte and Natalia. We've got Dean Ambrose wrestling, Chris Jericho, Cesaro challenging the Miz for the intercontinental championship, a singles match between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And then we've got Enzo and Cass on one side, taking on the VOD villains on the other. Uh, there are two matches on the undercard It's Dolph Ziggler versus Baron Corbin, Kalisto versus Ryback. It's an interesting show. This is the show where Enzo got hurt and they put all the stops sort of a forgotten pay-per-view, but a lot of great matches, great stars, great action. 
and it's coming your way next week right here on Arn. If you've got a question, fire us off a question right now. It's at the Arn Show. I am at Hey Hey, it's Conrad, and we are out of time. See you next week right here on Arn. You know, I think as wrestling fans, we're just all inherently a little cynical. We're all just waiting to see who's working me here, brother. Uh, but I'm telling you, man, in my real life, I really am Conrad, the mortgage guy. I really do love helping our listeners save money and get out of debt faster and really achieve their financial goals, not just short term, but long term. And listen, these days in America, there's like two types of folks, right? Families who have a little extra month at the end of the money. And then of course there's the folks who are doing okay right now, but man, I sure do wish they could get to their long-term goals of retirement or being debt-free a lot faster. No matter what your situation is, we can help at SaveWithConrad.com. See what Roger said here in Bartlett, Tennessee. He left us a five-star review and it read, Always the skeptic. I'm not prone to do things on a whim or just because I heard it on a wrestling podcast. But the more I learned about First Family Mortgage, the more I saw on social media about the incredible results, Combined with our stagnant but still growing credit card debt, I knew I had to do something. Derek answered all of our questions and calmed our fears. We had some work to do on our end, but once done, it was the smoothest stress-free process I could imagine. Now I can afford adfreeshows.com. Hey, shout out to you, Roger, and we're going to hook you up with a free subscription to adfreeshows.com. I greatly appreciate your business and certainly your five-star review. But man, listen, if you're like Roger, I get it. I'm not doing this. This is my house. I'm not going to put that in the hands of the podcast guy. I like his podcast, but I'm not letting him touch my house. I get it, man. But what if I can help? Let's just run the numbers. Find out right now for free how much you can save at savewithconrad.com. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. So what are you waiting for? Hurry to savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. If you've got credit card debt, hurry to save with conrad.com john brings his skewed sense of humor jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round together it's those weekend golf guys they'll pay a lot of money to pxg and titles and callaway and on and on and on right how many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra i think i can get an extra five to ten what if i give you 15 to 20 <laughs> you pay me more jeff smith right? teaches on the sliding scale <laughs> Those Weekend Golf Guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.